0: Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz and welcome back to the second Sunday after Pentecost for the week of June 14th, 2020. and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast and I'm excited that we are getting closer to the apex of the longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's such a great time, I know, for me being in the Northern Hemisphere, that we're able to enjoy these longer days, these shorter nights, and these warmer days that we're having with the sun. And it's just a nice reminder of things can be positive, especially in things that are going on right now, that we're able to soak in that sunlight And as we are getting ever closer here toward the end of this season where we slowly then will tilt to move toward winter, it's such a great and optimistic and positive thing that we're able to look at and bestow and and be able to just soak up as we are in this time and in this season. And so it's such a great time. I hope that wherever you are, that you're able to enjoy being outside. I think it's something that right now, as many places have been locked down over some period of time, it's a good thing to be able to get outside, enjoy God's creation that he gave to us, and being able to spend some time and dwell within it. So I think it's a great time and a great place to be at. So before we jump into this week's podcast, we have to reflect back on last week's Twitter question was, reflecting on yourself, where have you been less observant than you should have been? And where have you been observant where others haven't been? And we got a couple responses this week talking about how it's easy for us to overlook others is one of the biggest ones that we got back this last week is ignoring and missing the opportunity for us to be God's hands and feet within the community, within the world and within the places where we're at. And I think that's a great example. I think it's some often that we miss that opportunity to miss the opportunity where the Holy Spirit is maybe trying to nudge us in the right direction, and often we miss it. And I think it leads actually really well into this week's discussion in thinking about and contemplating how the Holy Spirit plays a role within this. So Let's just jump right into it. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through chapter 10, verse 8, optionally 9 through 13. This is a very interesting text coming from right in the middle of Matthew's gospel. Jesus sends out his disciples, but it's the only time in Matthew's gospel that he calls them apostles, these sent ones, but it's also that it's not to preach the gospel. He is sending his disciples out to heal, to cast out demons, to be with the people. And we get this beautiful section here of listing off the disciples, many of which we don't don't know that many about. And it's kind of also this beautiful correlation, which I picked up from a sermon from Pastor Corey Furman on how this could be also talking about the personalities of people that we know some like Peter, James, and John, but we're not quite as familiar with Thomas or Thaddeus or, or Philip. I mean, we just don't have as much information in the scriptures. And so it's this idea of that we can have different personalities. And one of the things, again, that I picked up really well this last week from Pastor Corey Furman's sermon, and I think it's a really interesting way of looking at this, is looking how humble Jesus is telling these people to be, to not, bring that much on the journey and that they're not really looking to do anything outrageous. They're not taking money really. They're not taking two tunics or sandals or a staff. They're just coming to help and say that the kingdom of God is near and continue to be with these people. And we'll dig into this a little bit more when we're breaking things down, but one of the things that I think it's also really Powerful with this is when we're thinking about this and that we weren't looking at bringing that much, we're looking at going among the people, telling them not to go to the Gentiles, but focusing on their own group network here is that how it allows us to really hear the pains, the things that are going on where they're at and being able to heal and hear about the pain, the suffering, the things that are going on with the people on where they're at right now. Really cool gospel text this week. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 19, verses 2 through 8a. So this is the Israelites coming after just escaping Egypt. And Moses goes up the mountain and God tells them, like, look at what I was able to do to keep and protect you from the egyptians let them know that they are treasured that they are mine and then moses goes down and tells the people this so this idea of how precious we are to god is something that we need to be able to embrace wholeheartedly The alternative first reading is from Genesis chapter 18 verses 1 through 15, optionally chapter 21 verses 1 through 7. So this is the story of Abraham and Sarah with getting Isaac. So Abraham has three men appear, Sarah makes a quick meal, they tell Abraham that she is going to have a child by this time next year, Sarah laughs and they said, did we just hear a laugh? Sarah denies it, and they say, oh yes, you did laugh. And the optional verses is essentially Sarah acknowledging God's promise, and that it was, yes, I have a son, and that he was able to come out of this, even though I'm an extremely old woman at this point, that I'm long beyond my birth-giving years, typically. So this idea of God making a promise and then fulfilling that promise to Abraham and Sarah. The psalm this week is Psalm 100, which is an absolute praise worship psalm. Verse 1 is probably one of the most popular verses in Scripture. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And that we're singing praise because of the gifts that God has given us, the things that God has done for us that I think are just so powerful for us to think about, to consider. The second reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8, and that this is a text of talking about what Christ has done for us and that he has gone through a lot for us. But the powerful verses coming from verse 3 to verse 5, 3 through 5 are the big powerful verses, And not only, but that we boast in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out of our hearts, though through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So this idea of that all these things, these trials, these tribulations are leading us towards something, and it brings it to a really great conclusion at the end that Christ was willing to go through all this before we had acknowledged even and really repented of our own sin, that Christ was able to do this for us. So showing how much he cares about us. So, Before we get into how faith and science tie together on these texts, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between your Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, since I'm not an ordained minister, I check them out on a weekly basis to be able to hear from multiple different people at Luther Seminary in St. Paul, along with that we have Multiple different commentators who are bringing different perspectives from all over the country and world. So if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Lots of praise given to God. Lots of us acknowledging what God has done for us. And then we get the gospel text of God telling us then to be humble with other people in the creation. A lot to digest, a lot to think about. And at first, it doesn't necessarily look like an easy text to really break down. I mean, one of the ideas that I had and maybe another time I'll look at is going through the history of how we have our modern medical field and how they had to be essentially robbers, grave robbers, to be able to study the human body to be able to benefit people long-term, this love that they had to pour and risk their own lives for that. But I think there's another story that we can look at and another example within science that we all can do that I think better represents this at this time and in this place. I was able to this week take a walk in the woods and it doesn't sound spectacular, but it's something that I really enjoy and it's something that often I don't do enough for myself. And it was, you know, the, those moments where I was encouraging myself to go off the beaten path a little bit and really just sit and absorb and soak in not only the sunshine that we're getting here, but absorbing being outside and absorb just getting away from things for a moment in time which I think for all of us at this time and at this place has been very difficult. And as I'm in the woods, I just stood there and tried to observe what was all going on. And for me, it was a mixed deciduous and coniferous forest. And I'm listening to the birds and watching them fly around within the branches back and forth and seeing the different territories I was, I was down by the lakeside. We had a lot of red winged blackbirds that were mixed in with lots of red eyed vireos making appearances. And for me, one of the highlights definitely was seeing a Blackburnian wobbler. But one of the things that I really enjoyed in that time was just the stillness and listening and absorbing and trying to understand this place. For me, I haven't been in the area that I'm at really all that long, only a couple years. And so there's a part of me that's still trying to learn this place. And I've spent a lot of time, I think, about within my own self, like learning what some of the different businesses are. I've learned about some of the different people that are here. I've learned about what kind of goes on, the rhythm of the city. But I don't feel like I've spent enough time really learning the rhythm of the area. And when I say that, I'm talking more the natural environment, the ecosystem in which I'm in. It's very similar to where I grew up, but it's a different rhythm, a different pulse, a different feel. One of the things that I will have ingrained in me is as I was standing there for an extended period of time, I had a red-winged blackbird pecking at the wood and the bark above me to the point where I'm watching it fall, the lichens and stuff that it's going after, and eventually even having one fall on my head. And as I'm sitting there listening, thinking, trying to even digest this scripture, the thing I thought about is for me to understand this ecosystem, for me to really get it, I have to be out here. I have to spend time in it, and I have to just sit and listen and watch and observe. And when I was thinking about that and contemplating that, how much different is that than what the disciples are going through? Jesus is sending his disciples out to heal, not to share the news that God has come near, but not to proclaim the gospel. He's sending them out to heal, to listen, to be with the people around them to understand the hurt, the pain, the things that are going on around them. And with that, then it's amazing with the text that we get that it's through that that we will understand the gifts that God has given us. We will understand what God is calling us to tell other people to do. you know, telling what what is God calling for His people to know, to do, What is God telling you that this is going to happen, even if we don't believe it? To be able to give joy and to recognize what God has done for us. As I was reflecting and thinking and processing all of this stuff, I thought about, you know, we've been going through this crazy couple of months between human rights issues, between talking about a novel virus that's shutting down the world in various different ways. But I'm getting back to the root, the ways that I connect with God best is out in nature. And as I'm sitting there contemplating, listening, trying to understand what is all going on, I thought about it from the perspective of the give and take pull of our environment versus progress in quotes, See, we have been given and we even talked about a couple weeks ago the creation story and how we are to tend this garden and how the Spirit of God helps stir this whole thing to get the whole thing started. But I feel like often we don't slow ourselves down enough to be able to feel the pulse, the rhythm, the way that the clock turns for the environment. The ecosystem I'm in, how fast does it move? Instead, I get wrapped up in the culture, the world that I am in, the world of quote-unquote progress. And often, that progress means that I need to keep running and keep going faster. Even the environment takes time off. I've been really thinking about and contemplating that with this text and how often we are quick to assume and quick to try to make solutions to things that we see a problem within the environment and this is what we have to do to fix it. And I often wonder within my own self, having been in that world of trying to work with helping environment, but also having budgets and having that feel of, How am I supposed to know what we're doing is the right thing to do when we're not spending enough time to slow down to really feel and know and understand this ecosystem at this time to be able to make the best impact for this ecosystem? And that takes time. That takes being observant. That takes walking humbly without a few tunics and spending time there really absorbing the environment it's called being a really good biologist and that's really difficult in the world in which we're in right now one of the things that is an underlying tone especially as the environmentalist that i am is the mixed feelings that we've had about what this virus has done We've talked about a couple months ago how during the world shutdown, if you want to put it that way, that we were able to see the environment make major steps in progress quite quickly, but those major steps don't erase everything that's happened, and it's amazing how you get mixed reports since the world has decided that now is the time to get back to closer to what we were before how the environment hasn't necessarily responded as well. And so the question at times that I wrestle with and struggle with is, are we spending enough time to be able to hear the heartbeat, the rhythm of what we're supposed to be tending to? Or are we putting our own quote unquote progress ahead of our duty that God has given us to do? And by doing that, Are we missing blessings that could be coming from it? Are we missing potential solutions to things? Are we not allowing ourselves to be who God is wanting us to be? Because while I was out in the woods, spending my time, taking my time, slowing down, I let my mind wander and ponder and think about things that I really wasn't going to do that much with. I thought a lot about this podcast and let my mind just play and try to start weaving and figuring out how this was all coming together. But the question that I have is how often do we actually do that for ourselves? Is that one of the blessings that we're missing because we're not spending time in places where God is wanting us to be for quote-unquote progress, whatever that is? means in a human context. Because when we're looking at it from that perspective, look at Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah aren't supposed to have children under human context. She is not going through the normal woman cycles it even states. And that she is too old to have children. But yet God steps in and says, no, I have a surprise for you and you have to trust me. We look at the Exodus story and go back just before this reading and how the tribe of Israel has been suppressed, what they've been struggling and wrestling with. And there is no way we can get away from the Egyptians. There is no way. And yet, here we go. Moses, go talk to them. No, I'm the one who I killed one of my own people and fled. And I'm not a public speaker. No, go talk to him. And then they have the plagues and then you have the running off and the Red Sea parting and the Egyptians being swept away. And now we have this text that, trust me, I have plans. I care about you. We have the Romans text discussing and talking about how much God cares about us, if we are willing to acknowledge it and realize that there are things within this faith, within this life that are going to be difficult, but if we trust and put our trust in God and let God do his thing in us, realizing that there are going to be hardships along the way in that, that in the end, it will be worth it, that we will be able to, like in the psalm, see what what God is doing and give thanks and praise to him. You can't tell me when Jesus sends the disciples out that they were really excited about this mission. You've seen me do it. It's time for you guys to do it. You're going to bring nothing really with you. You're going to cleanse and heal people and say that the kingdom of heaven has come here. And If they don't accept you, you flee and you move to the next city, but you stay nearby with the chosen people of God. Brothers and sisters, I would argue that part of the chosen people of God is not only our neighbors of human construction, but like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, if we have dominion in quotes or being like the master gardener of this creation, our little ecosystem around us is part of that. So that means not only caring about and understanding your neighbors and trying to help them, but realizing that there are other neighbors neighbors that aren't human along with that. And to be able to understand that, we have to be wise like serpents and innocent like doves, coming from verse 16 in the Matthew text out of chapter 10. And to be wise, I know wise is not necessarily snap decisions. Wise takes time. Wise takes thought. Wise is understanding and processing and working through it brothers and sisters that means slowing down we are in this amazing time right now where a lot of things have slowed down and the value of what is important in this life i think has been questioned and thought about a lot over the last few months and like I stated last week, I feel like we are in this great time of great opportunity, helping us understand we have more opportunity than we ever have to make an impact. But I would also beg to make us consider that we have to not be just thinking about human creation in this point. If we are going to be like the psalm and stating that look at what God has done for us, it can't just be us as a single human this can't just be us as a group of humans it has to be us as a creation we have to be willing and able to look at an environment and try to learn and understand what is going on if you walked out into your environment into wherever you call home and you know even within the an hour of you would you recognize if there's certain things that are gone natural things? Is there certain species that are suddenly disappearing? Are there suddenly different things that have moved in that weren't there before? And what's the impact that they're having on that local environment? What are the pros? What are the cons? What is going on? this is an opportunity, a time that we can start to do that process. An opportunity for us to be able to connect with God in a different way by hearing the pain, the suffering, not only of people around us, which is very important, but also hearing about the pain and suffering of our non-human neighbors. Some speak, some sing, and some just rustle in the wind. And that means that we have to be able to stop and listen to hear the song and what they're singing. Because brothers and sisters, if we aren't doing that, I think we're missing the boat. We're not humbling ourselves to be able to go out and hear that the kingdom of heaven has come near. Because what if that is what the environment, our ecosystem is trying to tell us? The world can't go back to the way that it was pre all of this. The world has to come back in a better way than it was before. And I really hope that if we're going to be moving in that way, in that step, in that progression, that we're all becoming more observant, like a good biologist would, calling us to go out into the environment and be observant. Be truly observant of what is going on around us. Sometimes a bike is too fast. Sometimes we have to slow down to a walk. Because we have to crawl before we walk. We have to walk before we run. And if we try to jump straight to running, we will fall flat on our face. So the Twitter question this week is, when was the last time you really slowed down and studied the environment in which you're in? And in that question, have you noticed things that have disappeared? Have you noticed new things that have appeared? If you can't answer these questions, in this time, in this place where the world is a little bit crazy, why wouldn't we be doing that? Why wouldn't we be taking the time to observe and take the time to really understand what is going on around us? Because Jesus is sending his disciples out so that they can better understand who he is and what he is about. Are we spending time with the creation that God gave us so that we can better understand who our creator is. It's a hard question with a simple answer. The simple answer is I must go and experience it myself. In this time, in this place, where things are slowing down, don't bucket. Realize that this might be an opportunity for us to connect with maybe something that's moving at a different pace than what we were before. Progress is only progress if everything progresses without leaving something behind because then it's not progress now you've actually regressed and progressed which leads you in the same spot of which you were so we'll wrap this up as we always do i pray god blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science